Hey, it's another edition of Retire Smarter. Walter Storlt here with Tyler Emmerich, Wealth Advisor, Certified Financial Planner at True Wealth Design, serving you in Northeast Ohio, Southwest Florida, and the greater Pittsburgh area. Find us online at truewealthdesign.com. Today, we're going to talk about the top five to-dos before you retire. Before we get to all of that, though, Tyler, it's great to be with you. How are you? Yeah, happy to be here, Walt. Hanging in there. How about yourself? Yeah, doing well. You uh, getting into anything exciting as we start to turn that page toward the spring? No, not at all. I mean, I looked out the window this morning and the sun was shining. We've got a few days where we've gotten up into the you know, 50s, so hopefully that's a good sign that winter's behind us. Here being in northeast Ohio, winters can drag well into March um, and we can get those surprising snowstorms. So hopefully none of those come. And uh, yeah, Get, get your swim trunks spring. ready, it sounds like. That's right. Oh, we'd <laughs> love that. And now, <laughs> maybe it's too early for that, well, but uh, we're, we're, we're moving in the right direction. We can be optimistic here on the show occasionally. Occasionally, Tyler. It's okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, good stuff. Uh, looking forward to today's show. Hey, we're we're kind of going to take some thing, you know, taking a step back on the show today. Um, I love it when we have the chance to do this occasionally, Tyler. You know, we talk about some really nice, in-depth things here on the show. We sometimes get into real specifics about particular, you know, plans, products, strategies, and I love hearing you and Kevin break it down. But we felt like it was time for a for a nice list. You know, something easy to follow. <laughs> easy to understand and like let's take it back to basics a little bit so what's inspired today's conversation of the top five to do's before you pull that retirement lever <laughs> um, that's right. I mean, Walt, I kind of look back through my career. I've, I've met with uh, a number of individuals over the years and far and away, hands down, the, the number one thing that, that I get are concerns or the top priority, shall we say, uh, is retirement um, for a lot, of, a lot of those individuals. And maybe more specifically, hey, wh- when can I retire? When can I turn the page, close the book on working, and uh, start to go into the next chapter of my life? And you think about retirees face it ton of challenges nowadays and decisions that they're going to have to make. And we want to make sure that we do those with our eyes wide open and we get the best information possible uh, in our hands to make those decisions. And well, I don't know about you all, but hopefully if I retire, I only want to do it once, or at least I do it (laughs) once and then I go back uh, to work under my own terms. So we want to make sure that we get these right. So you're saying like a, like a Tom Brady situation. We don't want to re- retire, <laughs> unretire, re-retire, still have speculation about unretiring, all that kind of stuff. Well, you call me the greatest football player of all time. Hey, it, right? I'll, I'll do whatever, right? right. But, but right. yes. I guess um, technically he also went back on his own terms, you know. That, that we can debate true. the consequences of him having done that, but that's another another <laughs> style of podcast, I'm sure. That is, right? And probably a couple podcasts under there to unpack. But uh, yes, you're right. So we thought it would be a good time to you know just go through, like you mentioned, it's going to be a list format today and just kind of knocking out those top five to-dos before before you retire. And as we were doing a little bit of the prep work uh, for the podcast, you know, the first thing that I wrote down as my key point number one uh, actually has nothing to do with the dollars and cents of retirement. Um, it's actually have a non-financial retirement plan. That's have a non-financial retirement plan. So you're probably thinking, like, what the heck does that mean, right? And 
as I look back, I was actually sitting uh, down with a family a few weeks ago, and the husband looked over to his wife and said, hey, you know, they say retirement is half the money and twice the husband. <laughs> and we got a nice chuckle out of it. It was really good, right? I mean, of course, he's alluding to the fact of, hey, I'm not going to be working. Oh Pay is going to be cut, and I'm going to be home with you a lot more. And um, you know, I think that gets at the crux of what I mean by have that non-financial retirement plan. It's, you know, how yeah. are you going to spend your time? You know, kind of build off that a little bit. I had a, an individual who I've known for a number of years. And, uh, you know, through our conversations, you know, he would always tell me, he was like, hey, as soon as I get my full pension, I am out of here. He was actually a state employee. Um, for any of the state employees that are listening, they know they have you know, a lot of times pretty good pension plans. He was like, hey, once I get my full pension, I am out the door. And lo and behold, got his full pension. He was out, right? Retired. And um, was doing his own thing. And literally within like two months, he was back to work, believe it or not. Oh, and, wow. Right. That's and not it, much time. Not much time at all. And, and it had nothing to do with the financial aspect of being able to retire. You know, for him, it was much more of the social aspect. You know, I think he made a comment to me. He's like, you know, when I go to the uh, local restaurant and sit and have my coffee in the mornings, you know, he's used to doing that on a Saturday morning where all his friends were there, right? They they would chat about the week, get caught up on you know, some of the town gossip, mm. um, and then go about their day. Well, I mean, all those guys were still working, right? Um, and oh, you yeah. know, looking so back, this, into- this could be a particular challenge for those who have a tight work social circle, and you're kind of the first one to to pull the ripcord. Oh, absolutely. I mean, for him, two months, two months, and he was back, uh, back, back to work. And 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 it, again, it was a, has everything to do with those uh, social interactions that he gained from working. I mean, a lot of his buddies were at the job that he was working at, um, and then the buddies that weren't, again, they were still working because he had you know trying to retire early. So it didn't necessarily work out in his case. And you know, Kevin, I think, has done you know a number of podcasts on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And I think that does a wonderful job to kind of illustrate the difference between work and, and retirement. You know, going back to you know, your high school class classes, talking about Maslow, um, for those of you that don't know, there are just five uh, basic human needs that Maslow came up with that says, hey, you can kind of th- traditionally described in a triangle. So at the base of that triangle are like psychological needs, safety needs, things like having, you know, food, water, shelter, you know, personal security, employment, things like that. And then as you move up that pyramid, we get into things like um, friendships um, and self-actualization and esteem, which are more, you know, desire to become the most that one can be, self-respect, things like that. So I think it's extremely important to take a step back before you kind of pull the plug on retirement and start thinking about and saying, hey, you know, what is my current job or career giving me in the form of, well, of course, it's giving me a paycheck, it's giving me some personal security, but then also to what am I getting from the standpoint of my friendships and my social interactions? And how are those going to be replaced as you retire and you're no longer going back into work for eight, 10 hours a day? I'd recommend to folks to go back and check that episode out, by the way, about your hierarchy of retirement needs. It was episode 76, Tyler. It was a little ways back. It looks like that was in 2021 in the summer. But, you know, I I, I imagine everything. Good pull. 
there's probably some COVID talk or some other things in that uh, particular episode. Who knows, being back in 2021 in the summer, mm-hmm. but um, uh, certainly there will be uh, some good conversation about the hierarchy of needs. That is probably pretty evergreen and applicable even to today. So, oh, well, Absolutely. And it doesn't have to necessarily just be you know, that personal security, paycheck, and friendships. I mean, it's also you know, where are you getting that drive from and where are you getting you know, that respect and self-esteem from? I mean, I had uh, a nurse that I met with a number of years ago as well. She ran um, a, a large nursing department, did very well, retired, and kind of found herself wanting that responsibility that she lost because she was not working any longer. Um, so she had to really think about other avenues. She started working, um, and she took over president of her condo association and did some other things to where she got that social interaction, and she also got that challenge that she was looking for um, that she got while she was working, kind of filled that need once she retired. Fantastic. So that's the first one. We don't even hit the financial stuff yet, but number one on the list have that sort of non. Don't worry, two gets there. I'm sure. (laughs) Two gets there. All right, let's go. Number two, um, I wrote down visualize and project. Um, And this is really getting down into the nitty gritty uh, as you're starting to think about retirement. What I mean by nitty gritty is you're really starting to aggregate together all those financial assets. I can't tell you how many times I've met with individuals where they have multiple retirement accounts from prior positions or they have an account at this custodian or account there. And it's really just taking that first step to wrap your arms around like what financial assets are you going to have as you start to head into retirement? And then two, what sources of income might you have down the road that you need to make decisions on. These are things like social security, pension plans. Are you planning to do some consulting work into retirement and it's going to supply you with a little bit of extra income? But it's really just trying to outline those uh, assets or those accounts and those sources of income. And then two, not only saying, hey, I have these, but what decisions are you going to have to make around them at some point? Maybe they don't have to be made now, but at some point down the road. For example, you know, are you going to leave your 401k in with the 401k provider or are you going to roll it to an IRA? What withdrawal options does your 401k provide? You know, you start thinking about social security. When are you going to kick social security in? If you're married, when is your spouse going to kick them in? So these are all decisions that are going to come up at some point down the road, you know, and having an understanding of some of those pros and cons or at least, hey, when are some of these decisions going to need to be made um, can be very, very helpful. And then two in this step, um, we'd normally like to do a little bit of light planning as far as starting to evaluate, well, what will those what type of spending will those assets support? Um, A lot of times this is done through some basic analysis. Um, A lot of tools where are available to individuals through like their employer, where they can get online, put in some of their retirement assets uh, information and kind of extrapolate out the next 15, 20, 30 years and do a very light projection. Now, this isn't something that I would retire on by any means, but it's more so to give you a frame of mind to start your plan to say, hey, you know, based off what I've got saved, what's a rough estimate on what that what that's going to be able to support and the lifestyle that that's going to afford you? Mm, this is excellent, and uh, mm-hmm. that's a really good one to have, I think, lined up as number two. Sort of mm-hmm. helps with that transition from the non-financial elements into the financial mm-hmm. world of that visualization and, and that was it projection? Was that the, the second word? Yeah, visualize and project were the numbers that I, I put on that one. Yep. Okay. So we've, we've taken a look and we've said, hey, you know, have a non-financial retirement plan. 
two, we did the visualize and project. Now we need to start measuring, which is item number three. Um, and when I mean measure, what we're gonna try to do is we're gonna take a look and measure your current lifestyle. So what are you actually spending? Um, and try to get a gauge for that. Now there's a whole host of ways that you can take a look into this and there's been a number of studies to try to help you quantify and, and dig into your spending. Um, you know, budget is a term that gets thrown off uh, a lot. I know a lot of people when I say the term budget might cringe a little bit, but it's important to understand where your money's going and how that spending might change uh, throughout retirement. So as you think about, there's been a ton of studies done on retiree spending. Um, the one that I kind of refer to the most is the, what's called the retirement smile. If you've ever heard of that, you can just Google the retirement smile. And it, it basically pulls out and, and does a study that shows how retiree spending is normally stays pretty high at the beginning of retirement and then has this steady decline down. And then once you get down into, say, your mid-80s, it kind of bottoms out, and then it starts to increase again, like a smile. Um, oh, and okay. I get it. Yes. And the re there's a number of reasons for that, but if you start thinking about your own personal situation and kind of the spending that you have, um, well, let's take a look at that. For example, let's say you're getting ready to head into retirement, but yet you still have a mortgage. You know, is that mortgage going to be paid off in retirement? Well, okay, well then that's money that you might need now, but it's not gonna, money you're gonna need throughout your, the entirety of your retirement. So assuming that you're gonna need to cover that mortgage payment throughout your entire retirement just isn't realistic. So we want to appropriately account for that um, when we're adjusting and thinking through that spending. Um, same thing with cars, right? Maybe you have a car loan that you're paying on now, and then as you progress through retirement, that car loan gets paid off, or maybe you're buying less cars uh, as you get into your age. 80s and early 90s and driving. Um, another big one would be travel. Um, all right, hey, maybe you're going to be traveling quite a bit early in retirement. How does those travel spending needs going to change as you progress into retirement? Kevin's mentioned multiple times on the podcast, you know, how he refers to it as we break down that retirement into decades. Um, so you got that first decade where he calls it the go-go years. Um, you've got the second decade where you got the slow-go years. And then the third decade, the no-go years. So you're spending try you know normally patterns um, that, and we want to make sure that we're accounting for that as we're starting to think about, well, hey, can I retire? Do I have enough to look at that? We call that age-related spending. And if we we feel that if you don't really account for it that way, well, what's going to happen is is you're going to assume that you need more money than you actually do to retire, which might cause you to work maybe a, a year or two, maybe three years longer than what you actually have to, because you have this big spending number that you're trying to hit and that you think you're going to need to hit throughout your entire retirement. But in actuality, that spending we find typically decreases with the vast majority of the families that we work with. Okay, very interesting. Uh, so you're, you're, you're really diving into those spending, right? You're taking a look at it. Um, and then two, once you feel like you have a good handle on it, well, hey, now we can take a look and say, all right, how does those numbers compare to that sustainable spending number that we talked about in step two? Is it higher? Is it lower? Does it seem to fit in pretty well? Um, and then you can kind of gauge to say, hey, confidently, I feel like I'm in a place to where I can cover all the spending that I want to and the lifestyle that I want to live in retirement and do it confidently. 
You, um, you would think when pl- planning for retirement and talking to a financial planner or a wealth advisor or you know someone in your field, Tyler, that you'd be getting into the conversation about investments and return and all of those things so quickly. But yet, so much emphasis already, you've talked about these five to-dos, is on one, the non-financial part of retirement, and then two, it's just like really getting into the spending details. And, and I don't want to use the bad word of the, of, you know, the bad beat word here, but <laughs> right. uh, you know, about at least a, a general budgeting focus to just kind of get a good handle on that. I guess that's just how important it is to the process. Oh, absolutely. And there are a whole host of... Um, ways and analysis that we can run to help you with that budget. I mean, I've had families use uh, mint.com. Um, we have a process where we can sort of back into your spending based off your prior year tax returns and kind of breaking it down. So there are a whole host of ways that you know we can help as financial advisors help you navigate that spend, especially if you cringe a little bit when you're like, hey, I'm going to go line item by line item uh, for the last uh, six months on where my money went and where I was spending. So there's a lot of tips and tricks that you can go to kind of navigate and get you to a point. Well, I guess that's the most important thing, right? Getting you to a point to where you feel comfortable with the numbers. So that way you can actually pull that trigger and go in retirement. And to go back to your point, Walt, about the investment side of things, you're 100% correct. I think that having the plan in place and doing some of that front end spending work and you know that work on, well, hey, how are you going to spend your time in retirement? What that allows us to do is when we create the plan and we're projecting out over, say, the next 30 years and taking an inventory of saying, hey, how does this look? Are you going to be able to do it? One of the key things that we're looking at is, well, what rate of return do you need to get on your money to make that work? And that rate of return that you have to get is really going to drive down and help us as we're starting to build the portfolio and make recommendations on how we feel like you should have your money invested. That's an important number to know. Because if you're in a situation to where you could um, you know, essentially earn nothing on your money but still accomplish all your goals, well, that's going to be a much different conversation around investment than someone that says, hey, you know, I need to get a five or 6% return on my money to kind of make this plan work and make the spending a reality uh, that we want to fit in and a lifestyle that we want in retirement. Perfect. So we call that required uh, rate of return. Now, too, as we think about investments, there's the other aspect that's just one piece of the puzzle. Yes, we need to know what rate of return you need to earn on your money to make everything work. But we also need to take a look at the emotional side of things as well and make sure that you know we start talking about, well, what volatility expectations, what would happen or how would you feel if your account lost this or that and kind of use that again to kind of really fit into that perfect or not necessarily that perfect, but fit into the right investment mix and allocation for you and your family. Okay. A lot of uh, mm-hmm. a lot of moving parts now entering the equation. What else is on our five to-dos before retirement list? Sure. So as we kind of move on to point number four on the to-do list, um, I wrote down, create your distribution plan. So normally by this step, you know, we've done a lot of that preliminary work and you probably have a pretty good idea of, hey, I'm at least on track to retire or I can retire. Now we're getting down into that, like actually getting down and making it, it happen. Um, and... W- well, our office, we always say that 
we don't create a retirement paycheck because, well, that's what annuity salespeople say. Rather, we create a sustainable, tax-smart, spend-down strategy. Hopefully that sounds a little bit better, Walt, than just, hey, recreating the paycheck. <laughs> it sounds it more Kevin and Tyler, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, well, good, good. So, and, and what we mean by that is um, really taking a step back and saying, hey, how are we going to approach each year of retirement? More specifically, that first year or that, that, that next year. A lot of times as we look at retirees, uh, there are many different competing objectives as they look at their retirement plan. And we got to kind of weigh the pros and cons of those competing objectives. So that way we can zero in onto the plan that really fits what you're trying to accomplish. So what are those competing objectives? So the first of which is really focusing in on like the tax side of things, right? How high do we want to take your income each year? What does your long-term tax rate look like? And how can we use that information to develop a good spend down strategy for you here? How do you have your accounts broken down now? Are they all in retirement accounts where when we pull them out, you have to pay taxes on them? Or do you have assets outside of retirement accounts where we can you know, maybe do some harvesting at 0% tax rate and realize some gains. Or maybe we can do some Roth conversions to fill up different tax brackets. So that tax side of things, I think, is an integral part of this step. But then we've also got, well, what about health care? For anyone who's retired pre-65, they know the importance of managing income to maximize health care uh, tax credits if you have to go on to the individual health care network. There's also individuals that are over 65 who are on Medicare, where they got to worry about IRMA um, and taking their income too high uh, so they don't have to get hit with those extra premium charges for their Medicare. You know, for individuals that are looking to retire much, much earlier, or maybe they have, they had children late and they still have children in college, well, hey, they're maybe trying to navigate some tax credits, uh, like the American Opportunity Tax Credit or the Lifetime Learning Tax Credit, where you have certain income thresholds to where if you go above them, you lose some of these tax benefits. And I'll throw out another one here as I'm kind of just rattling off some of these levers that individuals can pull at different times and the, as they're trying to navigate uh, that distribution plan. Uh, but the other we're getting quite a bit is you know paying off mortgage uh, versus tax bracket management. So, hey, we want to take income up to a certain level. We want to pay this taxes because we feel like it's appropriate in your situation versus your long-term tax rate. Well, what do we do with that money? Does it go into Roth? Does it maybe go to pay down debt specifically? I get a lot, hey, I want to pay off my mortgage. I mean, a lot of families go into retirement saying, hey, I don't want to have a mortgage. And that's great. But I mean, we just look at the landscape over the last few years and how low rates were. You know, some individuals have got their mortgage down in the, the mid twos. I'm not lucky enough to have that. Well, I don't know if you are, but a <laughs> I, lot had, of I had a 275 before we moved. I, I, I miss it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, right? Uh, we did our move last year as well. And I'm like, oh, I'm missing mine. Mine mine was right around the mid twos as well when we, I did my we, refi. We've got a higher but... mortgage rate and some higher taxes, man. It's, uh, it's, it's a <laughs> double it's a, whammy. It's Who's double your financial whammy? advisor, right? Come on. Jiminy Christmas. Who advised um, this move? This is terrible. <laughs> um, but but that's, I think that's what I love about financial planning and, and just working with the families that I do is you know, everyone's different and those priorities might be different depending on who I'm working with and what they're trying to accomplish in their situation. Going all the way back to that, you know, number one um, and having that non-financial retirement plan, how are you going to spend your time? 
What does your um, spending look like? That type of stuff. All that is integrated to help us kind of make the best decisions that we can as you're starting to decide, well, hey, what do I want to do? How do I want to do it? And how should I leverage some of these things that are afforded to me? One thing that really resonates with me as you go through this list, I know we've got one more to hit here, Tyler, Mm -hmm. but it's just this, it's a big mindset shift, both just non-financial, like point number one was, you know, like that's a big piece of the puzzle. Like we've got to shift our mindset and our priorities and the things we're thinking about when we hit retirement. But then the same is true on the financial aspect too. You spent your whole life accumulating and now it's like this, the, the different buzzword then is the distribution, right? And that's why that's its own piece of the puzzle here of, okay, you've, you've had this regular paycheck coming in for a really long time. We've got a different way of thinking about things and viewing things for the next 20, 30, 40 years of your life, depending on when you pull that retirement trigger. So interesting to, uh, to kind of just see that there's this overall mind shift, both in the non-financial and the financial space. You got it, which I think leads us to key point number five, where it's, hey, find an expert <laughs> to, to, to help if you feel like you, that you need it, right? Someone that's competent, trustworthy to help guide you through the process. This is an irrevocable decision that hopefully that you'll only make once. Like we mentioned before, hey, if you go back to work, you want to do it on your own terms. Um, but you know the old adage, and I think it's something I mention almost every podcast that I'm on, but you don't know what you don't know. I mean, it is so good yeah. um, of, of a comment because you, you, you really don't. I mean, I listed off just a handful of items there when we were talking about creating your distribution plan of things that might impact you, it might not. And then you know trying to understand how do you quantify and use math to help you make those decisions? Sure, we don't want to forget about the emotional side of things and doing what's right for you and your family. But if we can use math and really boil it down to say, hey, this is the clear-cut winner in this decision, and this is why, and articulate that in a way that resonates with the individuals that we work with, and you know they understand the why behind it, you know, you're going to put them in, a, you know, all our families are going to be put in a situation where they can make the best decision for them. And I think as a financial advisor, I mean, that's really where we fit in and where we're trying to help and what we're trying to do uh, as you're starting to try to navigate and you know tackle the big uh, you know the big retirement yeah, people can do this stuff on their own, right? You can you can take this top five list, this five to do list, and start ticking through it on your own. But there's just so many unforeseen consequences, like you said, Tyler. It's the things that you don't know. It's the questions you don't even know that you need to be asking. All of those kinds of things where uh, that can make a dramatic difference in your financial plan um, and in and in your retirement life and and how that number one pans out, right? You want two, three, four, and five on this list to help number one become a reality, that non-retirement, finan- the non-financial part of the mm-hmm. retirement plan. You're, you're listening out your goals, your fun stuff, the things you want to do, what, what your plan is as you make that shift. But you need the finances to help you accomplish all of that stuff. And uh, sometimes it's just too many moving parts for one person to be able to do it all effectively and efficiently without a great expert and a great team behind them. And so I know that's where you guys enter the equation, Tyler, to help people accomplish all of those goals, make sure everything works smoothly together. Yeah, I always joke and make the comment like, hey, they like to keep me employed, right? So sometimes they try to make it as complicated <laughs> as possible, it seems like. So that way, as financial advisors still have a place. But, um, you know, there's still there's some truth to that. I say it jokingly most of the time, but um, th- there are. I mean, there's tax law changes that happen and come up all the time. Um, and then, too, it uh, can be difficult to stay up on some of those and understanding, like, hey, does this really affect me? How is it going to affect me? And uh, what, do, uh, what do I need to do? And as you think 
about a financial advisor. That's our job is to go through those things, identify them and present them to you and say, hey, did you think about it this way? Whether you take the advice or not, that's one thing. But hey, presenting these alternatives and presenting these options and saying, hey, have you considered this? I think is an integral part of what we do on a day in and day out basis. Yeah, complexities aren't fun for everyone else, but whatever your industry is, you appreciate the complexities because that's what makes you the, the expert, <laughs> and uh, right. we, we call that job security. I love that. That's fantastic. Well, hey, if you've listened to today's episode and you haven't done some of these to-dos and you're getting ready to retire, uh, work with the team at True Wealth Design to stay on the right path or get on the right path if you're not there yet to retire successfully and with confidence. And if you want to do that, you can easily have a conversation with a member of the True Wealth team. All you need to do is go to truewealthdesign.com. Look for the Are We Right For You button, and you can schedule a 15-minute call with an experienced advisor on the team. It's that easy to begin. You just go to truewealthdesign.com. Click on the Are We Right For You button. You can find that link in the description of today's show as well, in the show notes section. Or you can also call 855-TWD-PLAN. That's 855-893-7526. Well, Tyler, I appreciate you uh, being on the show today and uh, filling us in with lots of great information and this top five list. And I know we'll be chatting again soon. Yeah, no, it's been great. I think Kevin's back on the next one. So, The return of Mr. Krosky. We will look forward to that and talk to you again down the line. Tyler, thanks so much. Sounds good. See All right, take care. For Tyler, I'm Walter. We'll see everybody next time uh, on Retire Smarter. Until then, take care. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accurateness and completeness cannot be guaranteed. All performance reference is historical and not an indication of future results. Benchmark indices are hypothetical and do not include any investment fees.